Fiends and horror hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Good. How you doing? Not too bad. This week's movie, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, from what 2010, right? Is that the one we're doing? No, fuck no. This we're is not... from 1984. Oh, we're not doing the good one. We're doing the bad one. Oh my god! <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I recently have like been making my way through those like 2000s remakes that were really huge, like that 2000 to 2010 era. Yeah. And some are really good, actually. You know what? Like, I know it's like, oh, sacrilege. But you know what? Like, and some after 2000. Like, the Evil Dead remake slash reboot is fantastic. Oh, I said that. I saw that uh, several times in theaters. I love the Evil Dead remake. Yeah. It's I know like, that's I don't after even 2010. See it as a that's remake. 2013. Yeah, that's what I said, reboot for that one. Yeah, I don't even see it as like a reboot. I see it as like a continuation, like something that's going on in that same universe. Because Bruce shows up at the end. I, I, we have it on the schedule. Don't you do that. <laughs> um, and like the Friday the 13th from 2009 is, I know a lot of like Friday fans hate it. I think it's legit good. Like a lot of those like in Halloween from 2007. And then I remembered the Nightmare on Elm Street one. And I'm like, oh God. Well, you have to think like the Friday the 13th one, that was huge. Like it got a theatrical release. It was a big release. The Halloween with Rob Zombie, that was a huge release in theaters. The yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street release remake went straight to DVD, and everyone immediately just made fun of it. No, I thought it had a theatrical release. I don't... I did it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. I'm not sure. Like, if it did, yeah, you know, I don't I could remember. be wrong. I might be wrong, but I'm almost pretty sure it did. I also might be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But if it did... I don't remember it whatsoever. Yeah. That piece of shit aside. This is the good one from 1984, written and directed by Wes Craven, who, I mean, some of his stuff I love, other stuff I don't love so much, but overall, I like him as a, you know, horror person. Yeah, I think Wes Craven has a really creative mind, too, like... When he does something, it's something new and fresh a lot of times. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, He and usually he's, like, before the his time. He's almost like, it's like the Kevin Smith syndrome where he's, like, five or ten years before, like, it be, the thing he's doing becomes popular. <laughs> yeah, like, he's ahead of the genre all the time. Right. So, yeah, 1984, written and directed by Wes Craven. Missed the Edward trifecta by one. Yeah, I saw that. I looked that up. I was like, oh, maybe he, because I, I was like, maybe he's one of the producers and I can do that. But no, he didn't pull off the Edward trifecta. Yeah. So it took us a while to get to Elm Street. I'm kind of surprised it took us this long, but hey, we made it. We've been to Haddonfield already. We've made it to Crystal Lake a couple times, but we finally made it to Elm Street. Before we even get in, what do you think of this movie in general? Um, I, That's the thing is I have to separate this single movie from the entire Elm Street series because this movie alone I like quite a bit the entire the rest of the Elm Street series some of them I have fun with I'd never take them like anywhere near as seriously as I do any other of these movies we've really covered like I took Veronica more seriously than like Freddy's dead you know (laughs) 
But that's why I like when I was watching this and thinking about it for the podcast, because I've never been that big of an Elm Street fan. But I always remember loving the first one. Like, this is one of the first, like, five VHS movie, uh, like, horror movies I bought from Suncoast with my allowance in elementary school. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you know what's funny is, I'm the same way. Like, now, I do like the other entries in the Nightmare franchise. Not all of them. But some of them I like quite a bit. Some I do not like. And, you know, others float around in there. But this is definitely the strongest one. To a point, like, if the others were on this level, I think this would be my favorite horror franchise. If they pumped as many out that maintained this level, I think it would probably take my top. Yeah, I mean, possibly, because this movie was very creative, and it was actually scary, you know? And it had a lot of fresh ideas, where it could have gone in a much darker direction, but they went in the comedic, let's sell this series to kids direction. Yeah, which is bizarre. Yeah, because it, I mean, it come down to it, Freddy is, I mean, they don't call him a child molester in this movie, but he's a child. Or any original. They never actually say that until the reboot. Yeah. Yeah, he's just a child killer in this movie, but still, he's killing children. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we say that like, oh, that's okay. (laughs) No, it's still (laughs) terrible. He doesn't touch him, he just kills him, you know? Yeah, you know, he just made, like, a razor glove for murdering children. He's fine. Which, speaking of the razor glove, just if you want to jump in. Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's get into Um, it. I love this opening of, like, Freddy making the glove, where it's a tiny bit of backstory that, at the moment, if this is your first time ever seeing it, you have no idea. But if you've seen it a bunch of times like me and you have, Greg, like... you're sitting there being like, oh, this is awesome. Like, it almost, like, immediately ramps you up into, like, oh, I'm, like, I can't wait. Oh, yeah, it, it hooks you right away. And, like, the weird picture-in-picture they do at the beginning, like, it's just, it's an interesting touch with it. And the dreamy music, like, this is one of those movies where, like, everything comes together pretty well to make a good, like, horror movie soup. It has, like, good visuals, it's good original storytelling, and it's great music. And great title card. Yes. Very big nightmare comes up to the screen and then on Elm Street underneath it. And it's that classic great like red on black that the 80s did all the time and I'm a sucker for. Yes. And if you listen all the time, you're probably groaning, but we always have to mention the title card. Yeah, because it's important. Yeah. Now, we it's weird. I'm trying to picture when I'm watching this for the show this time, like what it would be like to see this with no knowledge of Freddy Krueger, like, or Nightmare on Elm Street or anything. Because if you're in this fresh with no background at all, this opening has to be bizarre. Like, why is this girl running through a boiler room in a nightgown? Yeah, it, it's, um, yeah, because a lot of these other horror movies, because this started, this was made in, what, 84, right? Yeah, 84. Yeah. So we're already four years into, like, the hardcore slasher genre that the 80s were. Like, by this time, there's already Friday the 13th Part 4 coming out, you know? Yeah. And Halloween's been doing it since, like, the late 70s. Like, you have Black Christmas. I think you've already had, like, your your schlockier ones, like Sleepaway Camp Maniac popping up. So, like, it's all over the place now. Yeah, and at this point, you're almost watching this probably the first time, being like, oh, okay. They're just diving right into, oh, look, there's a girl in a, like a little nightgown that's running away from the bad person. But it goes like way away from what you're expecting pretty quickly. 
Yeah, you know, it's, I always wonder, like, I know he is. It's almost odd that we count this as a slasher. Yeah, well, it's just because anytime you see, like, the 80s slashers, it's always, like, Freddy, Jason, Michael, and Leatherface. Even though Leatherface yeah. only had one... 80s horror movie I, I think that just comes from that there was that photo shoot that was I, f- I forget what it was in it was like in people or life or whatever I'm unaware of this oh yeah there's a great photo shoot where it's uh Jason Michael Freddy and Leatherface from Leatherface from uh part two okay like, hanging out like on a couch oh that's cool that yeah. makes sense then um, but yeah, it's almost weird as a slasher because he's not just a dude walking around killing people, which I know later, uh, I don't think Leatherface, but Jason and Michael Myers both get supernatural elements more added to it and everything, and they kind of enter that territory, but Freddy starts out right in that supernatural territory from the beginning. Oh yeah, the only, yeah, by, um, the only time that, like, Jason becomes, uh, supernatural is by part six. Yeah, so it takes a while to get there. So that's what I mean. Like, Michael's just a dude at the beginning before he's resurrected and cursed and all this stuff. And Jason is just a crazy kid living in the woods who grew up. Like, so it's, you know, it's weird that Freddy gets lumped in with them. I think it's he's such an 80s horror icon because there was so much. He, like, Freddy did, like, the kiss route of things where, like, Freddy's face is on everything. Like, I swear to God, there's probably a Freddy Krueger casket out there somewhere. <laughs> oh, you're probably not wrong. Yeah, he is. He was especially marketed to hell. Um, But yeah, she's in a nightgown running through the boiler room from Freddy. We don't really see Freddy yet, do we? No, I mean, we're seeing like little glimpses of him. We're like kind of seeing the uh, razor claws or, you know, whatnot. You get some like behind the shoulder shots of him, but you don't get a face reveal or anything. No, yet. not yet. No, and he grabs her and she wakes up, but her nightgown's slashed, which that's our very first tease of what the movie's about. I love that her mom comes and checks, like, what's wrong, because she woke up screaming, and her mom is the worst, because do you know what she says to her? What? You gotta stop that kind of dreaming. Oh, yeah, stop that. Bad. Like, I'm gonna yeah, snap like, you. <laughs> yeah, oh, m- my mistake. I won't do it again. Go out to the barn, sleep in the doghouse. Yeah. <laughs> And then we hear the jam of this song for the first time a little bit after. I don't know why these girls are always jumping rope to the song, but we hear the one, two, Freddy's coming for you song. Yeah, well, it's like one of those like neighborhood like nursery rhyme type things, I guess. It's almost like Bloody Mary is what I chalk it up to. I don't think my neighborhood had its own nursery rhyme, though. No? Uh, you, did you no. guys play like Freddy Krueger or like Jason Voorhees on the playground in elementary school? No, that's that was a thing. Yeah, where like yeah. I would always be like, I want to be Jason. Like I'm gonna chase you around, and I wonder why I'd like had like two friends. No, that was actually pretty. Oh, think about the time me and you grew up. So it was pretty normal. Yeah, not the, the level that you did, where you said you were playing Evil Dead hand and dragging yourself across floors at children, but. Oh, that I I was really trying to perfect that. <laughs> <laughs> you hear the Freddy song, and you see Tina, the girl we saw earlier, Nancy, and Glenn, aka a very young Johnny Depp, all walking to school, and they all had nightmares the night before. Yeah, which I forgot how much of a role Johnny Depp had in this movie. I almost thought that, like, because I knew this was like one of his first movies, if not, if not his first one, and. Like, but I forgot, and 
that he had such like a big part. I was thinking like, oh, he's probably like just one of the background friends that has a couple lines. And like, I remember that kill. But then you remember he's like, no, that's like the main girl's boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, he's major. Like he even got the whole introducing uh, credit in the cr- opening credits. Yeah. So yeah, this is his debut. And I said, I think I sent you the picture. I'm like, young Johnny Depp looks more like someone who's distantly related to Johnny Depp, not the same person. It looks like Johnny Depp's like grandson now. Yes, exactly. But they all had nightmares the night before. And then this other guy, dude, I guess he just walked off the set of Grease. Uh, Rod <laughs> comes up behind them and he's, I guess, Tina's boyfriend, correct? Yeah. Yeah, uh, he walked off the uh, set of Slumber Party Massacre too. Like he just got done singing "Buzz Buzz." Yeah, he's dressed just like the drill killer. Yeah, and he comes up and just scoops her up and is like, "I'm gonna take you out tonight, honey." A buzz buzz. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then at that night, that night it, we don't see any of school. Oh. Speaking of, though, this school, I forget where it's from, but the school is used in, like, every movie. Oh, is it one of those, like, 80s, like, schools where it's, like, Breakfast Club was there, like, all that shit? (laughs) Yeah, hold on, I gotta look it up real quick. Because, you know what, I think it actually was in Greece, now that we're saying that. Oh, really? Yeah, Springwood High School, and it is a real public school. Okay, let's see here. You imagine me like, oh, I went to this like high school that Nightmare on Elm Street was filmed in. Like I'd like go to school in a filming location. Like I would just not stop taking pictures. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know, I can't find it right now, but I'm pretty it's I did see it was one of those famous schools that's in like 20 movies. There's certain ones like that where like there's the um I think it's the Fast Time at Ridgemont High like mall is also the Chopping Mall mall. Oh, really? Yeah, it's that kind of shit. I know that one mansion is used for everything. It's um in Batman, Arrow, X-Men, Ninja Turtles, like everything, like this one mansion that you see in everything. Or like, you know, um Bruce Wayne's hideout from like the Christopher Nolan trilogy. Yeah. Where it's like all oh, that he has like the sky, like the uh, roof is just like um lights and whatnot. Like I saw like a meme where like a million music videos has have been made in that exact same set. Oh yeah, I saw and, that too. And they're like, Oh, that's no wonder why Bruce Wayne can like afford so much shit. Yeah, he's renting his little studio out to everyone. Yeah. But that night they're all at I think Nancy's house, correct? Her parents are gone. Yeah. They're all there and they start talking about the nightmares and they realize it was the same dream about the same guy. Yeah, where they start like describing like little parts and they're like, wait a minute, like you heard like the screeching sound and whatnot and like the like dirty like Christmas sweater, which is I've always thought was such a weird like little thing that they had him wearing a like green and red striped sweater. Yeah, it doesn't scream scary, does it? But it, at least you know what? By making it that way, it's more iconic, you know, because it's not just scary. But yeah, but it's not like he's just like wearing like bib or bib overalls or like, you know, a dirty shirt. It's just like, yeah, it's it makes him stand out. But I got to wonder, like, can Freddy like pull double duty at the same time? Because how are they all having that the same night? Well, I, I almost take it as and I'm more taking this from Freddy versus Jason, where he's like doesn't have enough power maybe to like kill them. But he can, like, get into their dreams and make them afraid, and he, like, feeds off their fear, which they do set up in this movie that he feeds off fear. 
Yeah, he so needs the fear to survive pretty much and kill. Right. Yeah, if he's okay. forgotten, basically he's dead. So this whole first him just starting this up, he has to get them scared first. So that's why I was able to do that. That's what I'm saying, because that's what I think, because even um, like later on in the movie, we find out like spoilers for this movie from 1984 um, that the parents of these kids are the ones that killed Freddy because Freddy like got off on like a technicality or whatever, like in the in the trial. Well, they said someone forgot to sign like the right form in the right spot or something. Which it's scary that that shit actually does happen. Well, that shit happens more than you'd think. Oh, it's fucking freaky. And the like fact that they forgets kind to of read like, Miranda rights or something like that. Yeah, the, the fact they played off of that in this movie is kind of cool too. Oh yeah, I almost think that this is probably one of Freddy's first times doing this because he's going after the children of these people that did this to him. And oh yeah, and it, I, I always took it as this is the first supernatural Freddy killings, not like obviously he was the murder and stuff. But this is the first time like of the guy in the dreams killing people. Like this is the first occurrence. Because you think if like murders like this kept happening, the parents would be like, "Huh, wait a minute." And now over like the last like you know what whatever ten or fifteen years it's been, they'd be like, "Huh, something's weird here." Yeah, that's I. I'm the same way. I think it was all the same ones. Um, Rod shows up because they hear a noise outside. It's him coming. He's Tina's boyfriend. Johnny Depp yells into the distance, I'm going to knock you out, whoever you are. And, you know, he's there. Cut to, it's an, not an 80s slash movie. There's not a sex scene. Oh, Rod course. and Nancy are fucking. And afterwards, we realize Rod also had a nightmare. So all four of them have been targeted. Right. I think this scene's really cool. I like a lot of the special effects. Not so much the gore effects in this, which those are cool too, but like the room effects and stuff they do in this movie, because the whole Freddy like pushing through the wall thing, like all elastic looking, we get that scene here. Oh yeah, it's like, oh, he's just like trying to break, like he cannot wait to break into our like universe. He's like, I cannot wait to kill you. I'm just like trying so hard, but I just can't quite get there. (laughs) Yeah, and the crucifix falls off. You know, the crucifixes are always like, a big part of Nightmare on Elm Street imagery, but also never do anything to him. He's not a vampire. Yeah, and it's it's never really have... Well, I mean, it makes sense later in the movies, but right now, if we're just talking about the like the very first one, it doesn't make much much sense. As it goes on, I guess it makes sense that, like, Freddy's mom is a nun that was, like, raped by, like, an insane person and whatnot. Yeah. Tina wakes up, her and Rod are in bed together, and she hears something outside and just hears, Tina, whispered. And I'm not going to lie, this is legit, like, edge of seat scary a little bit, this part. Uh, real quick to go back to the crucifix part, too. Every yeah. time, like, I see a crucifix, I think of that um, scene from Ace Ventura when Nature Calls, when he's like, Alrighty then. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in like 10 years. I haven't seen that movie in so long, but I grew up on it, and that part is stuck in my head. And anytime like something religious will show up, I will just silently do that in my head. <laughs> but anyway, we get like Tina hears her name whispered, and she goes outside uh, after the voice and follows it into an alley. 
Dude, if I hear something whispering my name from inside a house, I'm not walking out into an alley in the middle of the night, even if I'm not having nightmares. But what if you're in your, like, dress gowns for bed? No, one, I don't have any. Nope, still no. What if they're white so they show blood really well? No, but that is a smart choice, and I love it. (laughs) But I love the scene in the alleyway. This is when Freddy's arms extend, right? Yeah, it's also our first face reveal of him. Which, it's very, it's still a very subtle reveal. And sometimes, like, this is my favorite Freddy makeup of the entire series. Because it actually yeah. looks wet. Like, it actually looks disgusting. It doesn't look like he put on a Freddy mask, you know? like No, it look- still looks like a fresh burn victim. Not someone who's burned a long time ago and, like, melted. It looks like it happened to him yesterday. It's still pussing and oozing and all that stuff. And there's, like, there's little bits falling off. Like, I don't know if that was a creative choice or it's just the makeup falling off. But it if if it's an accident... Bravo, because it really adds to it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's great either way. Um, yeah, we get the first reveal, and like you said, the stretchy arm scene, which is weird but really cool, because it really sets up... They do well laying the rules out for you like early enough that nothing surprises you too much later. He can do whatever he wants in his dream world. Yeah, this is Freddy's world. He wants his arms to be 11 feet long each. They're going to be 11 feet long each. Yeah. And this is 1984 and they're on a shoestring budget. They're going to do the the best they can. Maybe the one arm doesn't extend all the way, but the one does. So let's go. Doesn't it? I never noticed. Does the one not stretch the whole way? No, the one doesn't stretch all the way. It goes like halfway and then it stops, but the other arm keeps going. (laughs) Oh, okay. I didn't notice that. But um, he chases her. She gets like back to like the doorway and he goes, watch this. And she stops to watch. Why are you watching the man who's trying to murder use magic trick? Well, it's also at this part, I see, I see it as complete dream logic of unless you're like extremely strong willed or something. Freddy has control over you, kind of where she almost probably had to stop. Yeah. So how you don't typically have full control over yourself in your dreams and stuff like that. Right. Just kind of stuff happens to you. Yeah. And he just watch this, and he cuts off his own fingers for some reason. Yeah, and it's all just like, and it's another one of those parts where it's like, uh, instead of blood, like red blood, they use like green blood, but it adds to it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, because also you don't know what the hell he is. She grabs him and pulls his face off, and look, the effect isn't great here, but it's cool. Yeah, it's not the best effect ever, but it's. I mean, you have to, in this entire movie, I'm thinking, this is dream world. Everything's going to be a little kooky. As far as if you dreamed that, you'd be freaked the fuck out, you know? Oh, yeah. I'd be freaked out if I saw it in real life, too. Even if it didn't look like what I imagine a real skull would look like. It kind of did happen in real life in, like, what, 2011 in Florida. Oh, yeah, the whole bath salts crazy stuff. Yeah, the zombie. Yeah. But then, like, we cut back to... The camera, like what we as the audience are seeing to reality, and you see her get slashed and bleeding and getting pulled onto the ceiling, so Freddy's killing her in the dream, and this is wild, because do you know how they film this? No, I don't really know a whole lot of like background of like the Nightmare series, so what's up? They built a rotating room that could fully spin and turn and everything. Okay, that makes sense. So it's almost like how they film the stuff scene. Where, like, the stuff is, like, riding up the wall and whatnot. They kind of build a rotating room to make that happen. 
What's the stuff? I don't think I know this. Oh, it's the it's by the same people who made Q the Winged Serpent. Oh no, I never saw this. That sounds yeah. cool. Yeah, it even has Michael Mori uh, Michael Moriarty in it, and he's also the lead again. <laughs> oh no, but yeah, that's what they do. They built like a rotating room, and that's how she gets like dragged up the ceiling. It's really the room just turning, and that's the way she naturally falls in it and everything. Oh, that's pretty cool, because that's a fucking hell of a shot. Like, it's scary as fuck, too, because you have to think, like, you're the boyfriend laying on the ground watching this happen, and he just keeps, like, screaming for her, but there's nothing he can really do. And I don't really blame what he does, like, a whole lot, because, like, he runs, because he's also a kind of a dirtbag, and he has, like, a record and whatnot. So they're going to be like, they think I probably did this. I need to get the fuck out of here. I don't even blame him, and I don't even have to put it that far. If I saw it, and once she's dead and everything, there's nothing you can do, I'd run the fuck out, too, because everything you know about reality just changed, and you're terrified. I'd probably run out, too. I'm just surprised he put like grabbed clothes, because I thought he'd just run out in his tidy whiteies he's wearing the whole time. Well, no, he, he has to have his leather jacket and, like, jeans. Oh, greaser code. Yeah, that's who he is. Like, if he didn't have his leather jacket... He wouldn't make it 24 hours. His, like, life force would deplete. It is cool at the end of this kill, too, how she just, like, plummets back onto the bed. Yeah, it's almost like, yeah, they j- he, like, just lets her go, and she just flops, you know? Yeah. And Nancy and Glenn go in, finally, because they hear all the screaming commotion, Rod's gone, like you said. This is where we also, next, we get the reveal that Nancy, Nancy's our main character, our final girl, okay? If you don't know who we're talking about. Her dad is a cop, because she's at the police station, and tells them that Tina dreamed it the night before. Okay, Brett. Broken record time. What do we say? Oh yeah. Uh, oh, we I dreamed the police the whole thing. Hi Mr. Policeman. Um yeah, I know who the killer is. He's the scary man in the Christmas sweater in my dream with the razor knives. You better go into my dreams with your gun and get him. Yeah, the the most you say, like, once you start knowing what's happening, there's weird things happening to people in their sleep. That's the most you get, like, that looks like an attack. That's the right. best you can do. Similar to spontaneous combustion. You don't say, like, there's a murderer who you killed, like, over ten years ago who's coming back in our dreams and killing us. No, uh, well, I also love, like, this is a little bit longer, like, down the movie, but as soon as uh, Nancy tells her mom, like, Freddy Krueger's back, her mom just starts chugging vodka. Oh, yeah. It's funny because you see your mom drink at, through the movie, and they really turn it up as the movie goes on. Like, to where she's like never without a handle of vodka. No, she's carrying the vodka bottle like a baby, like later yeah. on in the movie. And I love how it's like 8 a.m. the one time, and she's like chugging vodka, and like her daughter comes downstairs and she's trying to hide it and shit. <laughs> Morality question for you, Brett. Yeah. The next day, Nancy's going to school, and she sees, like, a man in a suit watching her, and Rod grabs her and tries to explain to Nancy, but the cops are instantly there, and they arrest Rod. So the dad uses her as bait. Right. Is this okay? I mean, as far as what we know, what's going in the movie, as far, like, it's Nancy's perspective, no, it's not. Like, he's, he, like, the dad basically has now killed the uh, guy, the greaser from, from Slumber Party Massacre too. But if you're going from the dad's point of view, he thinks that this boyfriend, like, greaser guy is the one that's doing all the murders. I need to catch this guy no matter what. 
I guess so. And it's not like they set her up as a sting operation. Like, hey, he's probably going to follow her, so tail her. Just like you would any other suspect, I guess. Yeah, this is probably pretty, like, normal procedure. But, like, from what we know in the movie, yeah, it's a dick move. But as, like, a normal, like, regular life thing, this is probably what you would do. (laughs) I guess so. Nancy falls asleep in class. Because, obviously... Oh, by the way, do you know who her teacher is? She looked familiar. Did you see any of the Insidious movies? Uh, no. But I've seen the trailers. Okay. Okay, well, she's the main older lady from the Insidious movies. Like, okay. the whole franchise. Okay, that's probably where... I was like, I, she kind of looks familiar. I must just recognize her from the trailers. Yeah, um, those ones aren't... Like, as much as I'm not really into the haunting style, I didn't mind, like, at least the first two of those is what I saw. Those weren't bad. Okay. But anyway, she falls asleep in class, and, you know, all the shit starts happening. She sees Tina in a bloody body bag and follows her out into the hallway... And then something's dragging her bloody body bag, and she just follows it. Which I have to say is probably the scariest scene of this entire movie for me. Is when she falls asleep in class, and she looks up, and it's her friend in, like, the clear bloody body bag. And she's just like, Tina. And then you see, like, just the body bag get drug away by, like, nothing. Like, I remember being very little, like, probably, like, seven or eight years old, and being like, what the fuck is that? mom yeah that one would fuck you up um and then like the hall monitor who she bumps into like it knocks her down but she's like where's your hall pass yeah and she's wearing the freddy sweater though it has the freddy glove yeah and i and then like he like the hall monitor like yeah kind of becomes freddy it also like kind of reminds me of like is it in scream when Wes Craven is literally playing the janitor named Fred, who's in the Christmas sweater, and he's the janitor in the hallway of the high school. Oh, I think so. Also, yeah, you're well, right. Wait a minute. And that bumps right back into, because he runs into the Fonz, Henry Winkler. Oh, yeah. Who is the greaser of greasers. Like, there's nobody cooler. There's King nobody greaser. cooler than Fonzie. Correct. Still to this day. <laughs> no, and there never will be. No. Hey. <laughs> he hit the jukebox. <laughs> oh, yeah. Play whatever song you want. Elbow it. Um, <laughs> the hall monitor, Freddie Love. She goes down to the boiler room, and Freddie's there. And he slices open his own stomach this time. He's really obsessed with self-mutilation in this movie. And there's, like, slime and maggots inside. I guess just to scare them. Whatever. I don't know. I remember seeing the maggots and like, I hate bugs so much. And I was just like, oh, like I'm just grossed out immediately. Like you won me out. Like I'm already like throwing up at this point. Freddy's got me because I can't move. <laughs> oh yeah. And you know, like props to Nancy for having the wherewithal, like to wake herself up. Cause she burns her arm on a pipe on purpose to wake herself up. Yeah. She's like, it's just a dream. And she wakes herself up screaming in class. <laughs> Yeah, and you can tell this is the 80s, too, because the teacher's like, hey, you can just go home. No paperwork or anything needed. Just just go ahead. Just go ahead home, but you need a hall pass. Yes, (laughs) where's your hall pass? But um, after she leaves school, she walks outside, and she looks at her arm and sees that the burn was real. So, same stuff's happening to Nancy. Yeah, more foreshadowing for what's going to happen. (laughs) Yeah, we get a quick scene of Nancy visiting Rod in jail. He tries explaining everything. He describes the nightmare with the guy who had knives for fingers. And so Nancy now doesn't think that Rod did it. She's on 
team free rod yeah because she's like i'm like i'm experiencing the exact same things like you're describing (laughs) we get that famous scene next you all know the bubble bath scene like with the hand popping out of the water right by her crotch and all that well, earlier today, I was talking to my parents and like the podcast came up and they're like, oh, what like movie are you, are you doing next? And I was like, oh, we're doing Nightmare on Elm Street. And mom was like, oh, is that the one with the bathtub scene? And I was like, yeah, she's like, that freaked me out as a teenager. Yeah, that's like a real classic one. Like you yeah. still see like posters of that today. And I don't even think that was an original poster, was it? I don't think so. Like your mom told me like she was like, I used to be like after a little while after seeing that, she's like, I wouldn't take bubble baths because I was afraid to. (laughs) You know, it is. It would be a creepy one like this movie. I think one of the reasons it works so well. Let's look at some of these. Your chances of like a random serial killer escaping the psych ward and showing up at your town and trying to kill you are pretty slim. Right. Right. Most people don't work at a summer camp, so you're probably safe from Jason. Right. Right, and even if you do work at the summer camp, unless you're getting laid, you're probably okay. Yeah, but everyone sleeps. Right. So that's why I think part of this, like, that captured, like, everyone's attention and imagination so well, because there's no escaping it. Oh, no, yeah, like, and it's not even, like, um, yeah, everybody has to fall asleep. You can only stay up for so long before you even just die. Dude, I would be screwed. I fall asleep like that when I don't even want to. Like, I could be sitting on the floor and I'm like, oh, no, it's coming. And then I'm out. Oh, God, I look forward to sleeping so much. Like, there's sometimes, like, I'll wake up in the morning and now I have, like, a huge day of, like, a whole lot of stuff to do in front of me. And I'll just immediately think, I can't wait to lay down and go to sleep tonight. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She falls asleep, though, and... It's really cool, too, because he does just pull her down into the bathtub, but it's not the bathtub anymore. It's like a giant abyss of water, like the ocean. Yeah, almost reminds you of when, like, in a uh, train spotting, when Rent puts the um, uh, suppositories up his butt, but then he has to take the huge shit. And the, You're telling me about he, all these movies I've never seen today. You've never seen train spotting? No. Oh, it's the exact same scene where Rent goes into the toilet to flush that like find the suppositories because he's trying to come off heroin but he like swims into the toilet and then re-emerges from the toilet it's the exact same scene oh okay i will take your word for it or one day watch it no train spotting is really great i definitely recommend it i feel like i'm falling behind on all these movies that aren't horror movies because all my time goes into watching all these movies for the show well, it's like a heroin punk movie from the 90s. Okay, I'm sold. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it has a great soundtrack, to t- like a ton of Iggy and the Stooges and whatnot. Oh, hell yeah. But um, she she wakes up, and her mom wakes her up and everything, and she just ha- says, I just had a nightmare. And she has these convenient stay awake pil- pills in the medicine cabinet that she takes. Yeah, it's like alert AM or whatever, you <laughs> Yeah, I guess this was before, like, five-hour energy. Or is this basically, like, she's just popping probably, like, speed at this point? Yeah, yeah, you know, like, gas station Adderall. That's what she's taking. Yeah, I love that she's in bed next and watching Evil Dead. Oh, yeah, I love... And this goes back to the Wes Craven, Sam Raimi, like, friendly feud that they had that we talked about before. Yeah, where they kept referencing each other's movies and, like, putting Easter eggs into the other one. 
where like uh, Wes Craven put Evil Dead and Nightmare on Elm Street saying like, okay, Evil Dead might be scary, but it's not as scary as Elm Street, you know? <laughs> and then didn't uh, Raimi put like a Hills of Eyes poster in Evil Dead? Yeah, and um, Raimi also put a Freddy glove in Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Yeah. She's staying there watching Evil Dead and Len sneaks over and... Nancy talks about her reflection and I took offense to this because she looks at herself in the mirror and she's like, God, I look 20 years old. I was like, oh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, I'm fucking 28. Like, fuck you. <laughs> I probably look like death. <laughs> yeah, so she comes up with this plan that she's going to sleep and Glenn's supposed to wake her up when she gets bad. And she, in the dream, she goes to the police station. She sees Freddy walk up to Rod. Then she sees another creepy, this is, I think, the creepiest Tina, like, dream dream Tina we see. Because she sees a dead Tina just propped up outside of the police station with a centipede, like, crawling out of her mouth. Like, yeah. a big, nasty, like, fear factor level centipede. And then she, like, her guts just spill open and turn into eels. It's fucking gross. Yeah, it's like eels and, like, black sludge. Yeah, this one gets me the most. How you said the school one? This is mine. I don't know. Like it's the centipede coming out of the mouth and that. And like, uh, uh-uh. oh, I agree. Like anything with bugs, I'm like, I'm out. Like you got me. I'm scared. Like I'm freaked out. <laughs> yeah, and then Freddie chases her, and she runs home. And I love the quicksand stairs, like that look like goop when she tries running up them. Oh yeah, and, it's like, like it... wet cement. <laughs> yeah. And Freddy gets her, but right then, the alarm wakes her up, and she's pissed because Glenn fell asleep and never woke her up. I was like, Glenn is a terrible person to ask to, like, help keep you awake, because he almost immediately falls asleep every time. You know what? I can empathize with Glenn, though. I'm the same way. I'm terrible for your night watch, if you ever need... I can drive fine at night, as you know, but yeah, as far as, like, sitting there, like, I can't do it. I'll fall asleep. Oh, no, like, if I sit in certain chairs after a certain time of, like, night, I will immediately fall asleep. Like, after, like, 10 o'clock, I have to sit in a desk chair that keeps me upright. If I sit in, like, a nice, easy chair, yeah, I'm definitely out. I'm the same way. It's my couch every time, especially if I put the recliner up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're out then. (laughs) Oh, it's done. Nancy and Len, like, are like, we have to go to the police station for real, though, because of the dream. Which, one, you know Freddy's doing the whole dream thing. That's probably a trap to get you there, but whatever. I guess it's not, because it wouldn't be a trap, because he can't affect the real world. Or maybe scare them more, because what they find. Well, but they go like to the station. Influencing things, yeah. Yeah. She gets her dad to go check on him, and right as they do, we see the sheets twisting up and noosing him while he's falling asleep. And Freddy hangs him, but obviously it looks like he just hung himself. Yeah, he gets dusted. I gotta say, this is my least favorite kill in this movie, just because it's just a hanging. Yeah. We don't see any of the his Freddy dream stuff, and later on we don't see any of the Glenn Freddy dream stuff, but we see like the crazy cool reality stuff, just like Tina earlier for the most part. And this one's just a hanging. Like, we don't see him get like torn to shreds in real life or anything. Well, it seems like Freddy puts a lot more into the girls' killings than the guys' killings. Like, he just wants to get the guys over with, but the girls, he's like, I want to, like, make this last. I don't know. Glenn's fucking blood volcano, I thought, was pretty impressive. I mean, it's pretty impressive, but it's pretty quick as well. Like, he gets, like, trapped under the bed, and then, like, almost immediately, blood volcano. 
there's uh, no true. like fucking with you know yeah but um the funeral she tells her dad for a rod she or raw and rod i don't remember but she tells her dad the description of freddie and i gotta say like props to the makeup department not even just on the gory makeup and stuff with freddie because the tired eye makeup they have on nancy is very believable and very noticeable oh yeah oh yeah her bags under her eyes look like the ones i have god she looks 20 years old brett oh my she looks oh yeah go fuck yourself nancy <laughs> fucking freddie should have gotten you yeah <laughs> her mom marge says she's going to get her some help and it cuts this like sleep institute for sleep disorders and i'll tell you as someone who's been to such a place this is bullshit really yeah this is it's not during the day and like now you go to sleep now no it's like night and it's not like a hospital cold bed like it looks like a real bed like everything there's a tv there in case you watch tv before like it's supposed to mimic your real sleep so no you don't just lay in a cold white brightly lit room and they're like okay you go to sleep we're gonna see how you do that's not how it is at all i've always wondered about that because i was like yeah it's a brightly lit room if i'm not like if it's not the right circumstances i cannot fall asleep i could not fall asleep during this usually it's overnight too like it's not during the day you do it overnight but anyway she does fall asleep and the machine like it looks like a what's it called uh what's the lighter detector test called oh a lie detector yeah anyway it looks like that like with writing the little things like an earthquake machine i don't know but it starts going crazy once she enters uh rem and she it's going nuts they think it's breaking and she's obviously starts screaming and going crazy the her mom the doctors the nurse all run in and wake her up and when she wakes up I love the two things. It's so stupid, Brett, but I am a sucker for any time in these movies where the hero is so scared they get a white streak through their hair. Oh, yeah, we're like in Evil Dead 2 and Ash did, or like now she's like, oh my god, you were so afraid. This teenage girl got a streak through her hair. Yeah, I don't know why. I am a sucker for that. It It's so classic, and I don't know. I I Anything that does that, I'm here for. Well, that's the thing about it. It, it's, it is just classic, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's just a way to pay homage to what's come before, I guess. Yeah. I mean, God, they probably did that in, like, Abbott on Costello and, like, Three Stooges and whatnot, you know? Exactly. That's what I mean. I know it's... But if you play it right, it can still be serious. It's not funny, you know what I mean? Right. And she brings Freddy's hat back. I gotta say, what... Freddy Krueger was a grown man when he was killed. Right. What grown man, Brett, stitches his name onto the inside of his hat? Yeah, well, just in case he loses it, someone can return it to him. Hopefully a young child. (laughs) It's like when you're in kindergarten, maybe, okay. Not as a grown man, like, oh, my hat, I better make sure no one's gonna mistake my fedora for theirs. Oh, wait a minute, just one final touch, Freddy Krueger. That's right, this is my hat, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna stay with me for eternity. Yeah. But back at home, Nancy and her mom get into an argument. Oh, I really wrote my notes. What grown man writes his own name in his hat? But um, <laughs> her mom admits that Fred Krueger was real, but he's dead. So you don't have to worry. Go get some sleep. And Nancy with the most teen drama line, screw sleep! And she smashes her mom's vodka. Yeah, I just, I just think, oh yeah, this is the time when it's like 7 in the morning and her mom already has vodka out drinking it. 
And this is when it just keeps getting worse and worse for her. But yeah, it's all, it's like the, um, it reminds me of telling Steve Dave when it, they were uh, talking about the sleep is worth a week. I will never tire. <laughs> oh, you know, I know the song they're making fun of with that. Like I've seen that band that they were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've actually, that's uh bring me the horizon. Uh, I forgot the song, but we will never sleep because sleep is for the week. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, back home, the whole vodka smashing. And then, Look, it's the 80s. I can excuse it. Nancy's reading about booby traps. Well, yeah, at this point, it almost starts going into Home Alone territory, where, like, she calls up her buddy Kevin McAllister, and was like, hey, you have any tips for me? Yeah, you know, it's pretty damn close, honestly. And none of them really kill Freddy, so it's kind of the same way. Yeah, where it's just, like... Um, stunning him for a second to get to the next thing to stun him. Yeah, back home, she finds out her mom has barred the windows, like, so I don't know why. Why did she bar the windows? Number one, like, I think she wants to keep uh, Johnny Depp out of her out of her daughter's bedroom, and she's also like, maybe this will protect her f- uh, from Freddy, or like, anything. Like, I have no idea. At this point, I think she's just in a vodka stupor, and she's just like, Freddy can't get through bars. I'll put the bars up and then he can't get in here to get my Nancy. <laughs> I do love when the mom like gets drunk voice when she's talking to her later. It yeah. is fun. Um, but the mom's main concern has been Nancy's not sleeping, right? Right. So that's all like because the mom doesn't think Freddy's alive. She's not worried about this. It's not like she's worried about people breaking in. So the bars just don't make sense to me. Like, how does I'll put bars up and she'll go to sleep? Maybe, I don't, yeah, I don't know really exactly. The only thing I can really think of real world is, like, it'll keep her boyfriend out of her room, and that'll keep her from, like, staying up at night. Yeah. But she does tell Nancy the whole Freddy background here, and they go in the basement, she shows that she has his glove. I gotta say this, a bunch of the parents killed Freddy. You know, the background, right? Right. How do you think she got so lucky that it's like, I'm keeping the glove? Well, it's like, I got Ed Gein's knife, You're, you know, or something like that. Or, like, I got um, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's, like, barrel Blender. he kept people in, you know. Yeah. It's like, how did you get that? Like, well, shouldn't that be an evidence? <laughs> well, the police didn't do anything with him. They, well, they already had their lie. evidence, but they couldn't do anything. So, yeah, you probably got everything back. Yeah. Here's your killing glove, sir. Sorry about that mess up. <laughs> yeah, really? Hey, don't do it again, okay? Uh, th- no, this is just for uh, this is for cheese. This is for cutting <laughs> cheese perfectly because I like to make charcuterie boards <laughs> for the for the children. <laughs> it's terrifying. I don't like it. I, I, would you like a slice of cheese, little Johnny? Come over here to my boiler room, and I got tons of cheese. <laughs> you don't sound like Freddy, but you sound more scary. I, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's creepier than Freddy. <laughs> she calls Glenn and she says she's been awake for seven days. Seven fucking days. But that's okay because the record's 11. Yeah, well, I love the one scene. I don't know if it's already happened or if it's about to happen. Where her mom's tucking her into bed and she's like cleaning up like five like coffee mugs and takes the coffee pot out. And as soon as like her mom closes the door, Nancy hops up and grabs a coffee maker out of nowhere that just has a fresh pot of coffee. <laughs> it was from under her bed. She pulled yeah. it up from under her bed. That's the and next just... scene. But yeah. 
And she just immediately starts chugging a cup of hot coffee. Oh, it's already brewed, too. It's not like she, like, starts another pot. It's already there. She just pulls out this already made pot of coffee. Also, this is the 80s. Go get some Coke. Like, Coke's gonna help you a whole lot better than, like, coffee's gonna. You're like, go, like, somebody in your high school sells cocaine. Like, go get some. I don't know, it kind of looks like a rich, like, well, nice neighborhood, outside from the child murder. I don't know, they might not. I mean, oh god, but those rich people in the 80s especially love their cocaine. Ah, you're right, you're right. She comes up with this plan to bring Freddy out of the dream and have Glenn whack the fucker, is the way she puts it. Yeah, that's her whole plan. It's not terrible, not yeah. good though. Right. And then, like, Glenn's parents are looking over across the street, and they see the bars on the window, and the dad doesn't want Glenn hanging around her anymore. Well, I love, yeah, the dad's just outside drinking a beer, being like, I don't want my boy around that girl no more. To the point where Nancy calls later, and the dad's like, you can talk to Glenn in the morning, and he leaves the phone off the hook so she can't call. So that's going to be a problem, because now she's not going to be able to keep Glenn awake and all that stuff. Yeah, because at that point, I've always thought, I even remember being, like, little... And being like, you just killed your son. Yeah, it is fucked up, but they don't know. They don't know, but that's what he did. Yeah, and then it cuts to Nancy and her unplugged phone rings. And so I'm guessing she falls asleep for a brief moment here. And the whole, I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. And the tongue through the phone, which always creeped me out. Yeah, that's another one mom brought up. She's like, is that also the one that has the tongue coming through the phone? I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, that also <laughs> fucked me up in the in, when I was a, in high school. Yeah, it was a bad one. <laughs> this one does have a lot of those moments, like the more I'm talking about it. That's why like, I think I love this one so much. Yeah. Glenn is asleep and Nancy's locked in her house. And we get Glenn pulled into the bed in the blood volcano. Yeah, where I love he's like, well, I love Glenn's mom comes in like, right before all this happens and she's like how are you watching tv and listening to music and he's like i'm watching like miss sports uh sports center or whatever it is like miss bikini and she's like how can you hear what she has to say and he's like what do i care what she has to say and his mom just kind of gives him a look <laughs> you won't fall into a blood volcano if you're not weird talking about bikini girls around your mom. Hey, come on, mom. Watch the bikini girls with me. Do you want to get in your <laughs> bikini, mom? <laughs> Dude, you want to know what's really cool about this scene, too? Yeah. They use the same tech for the um, Tracy kill. Was it Tracy? Did I get that name right? Tina. Uh, Tina, Tina kill. Yeah, for this. the With the rotating room where it's actually upside down. Everything's nailed to the ceiling and blood just pouring down and everything. Yeah, But so much blood came down in this rotating room and all started going to the one side. The room started tilting and spinning because it was that rotating room. And yeah. that's why when you see everything like start turning to the side, it's actually because the room got fucked up and started tipping. But it just looked so cool, like having all the blood like pool and like move away that they like, oh, no, we're keeping that. Oh, yeah. Even if that's a mistake, like, yeah, that's an amazing mistake. Like, I, it really adds to it where it's just yeah. like. It's tilting, like, why is all the blood going to that side of the room? Like, what the fuck? You know, it's yeah, like, like it's like spinning like left and right because the room's rocking back and forth. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's I love that little shit like that. Um, and so Glenn obviously dead, and the cops are at Glenn's house, and Nancy calls her dad 
I guess they put the phone back on because she calls Glenn's house and her dad answers. She tells him the plan and the dad, I believe, is having none of this. Well, basically, the dad's having none of it. And then, like, Nancy's like, I'm going to f- go to sleep and uh, get him for you, dad. And all he, all he hears is, I'm going to go to sleep. And he's like, yeah, you go to sleep, honey. Like, you need rest. In his defense, he is literally seeing, like, mangled bits of teenager that were f- thrown at the ceiling and scattered throughout the room with no explanation. I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, go to sleep and find a killer. Good job, honey. Yeah, like, and it was also, like, his daughter's boyfriend. So you're thinking, yes. like, this is hitting close to home. Yo, it was already a daughter's best friend, a daughter's best friend's boyfriend, and now a daughter's boyfriend. So, right. like, no matter what, this girl's going to therapy. Yo, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, my next birthday is going to suck. I don't have anyone to celebrate with, Dad. All my friends died. <laughs> she, she, she's not wrong. I didn't think of this. Um, she goes to sleep after setting all her booby traps and she tucks her mom in. Well, I also love how mom is like cradling the vodka bottle like it's her baby again. Whereas he, she's just like, how are you doing, Mr. Vodka? Are you going to help me go Betty bye? Glug, 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 glug. Yeah, you're going to help me go Betty bye. It's like a drinkable teddy bear, Brett. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a great way to think about it. Oh, they should make vodka bottles with teddy bears on the outside so you could cuddle it. And See? feel like you're holding something and you're not dead inside. Trademark throbbing with horror. Yes. The None throbbing of you guys with horror that. dead inside vodka bottle teddy bear. With <laughs> real blood. How sad would that be if people were actually buying that? I'd feel bad <laughs> if people were buying that. It's a super hot seller. Everyone's like, I love cuddling my vodka bottle now. Like, this makes it so much better. Oh, I just feel terrible. I'm like, oh, what have we done? Like, we make them talk where it makes us, like, every time you hug it, it's like, I love you. Take another drink. I love you. Take another drink. I'll never leave you. I'll never leave you as long as you keep drinking. (laughs) But she goes to sleep and obviously right to the boiler room, pretty much. And chase ensues. Freddy's chasing her. It turns into her house and she jumps out a window and Freddy grabs her, like, very Halloween style, like, going out the window. Right. And Freddie grabs her, and she wakes up to the alarm she's set. And at first, it looks like it didn't work, and she's just crazy. Well, she kind of, like, she wakes up, and, like, the flower trellis is on top of her. And it's almost like, oh, shit, she grabbed the wrong thing. She grabbed the trellis, not Freddie. Oh, okay, that's what that was. Yeah. But then he sits up next to the bed, so I guess he just rolled off to the side a little bit. It worked. And here comes the booby traps. Yeah, here comes the wet bandits. Versus Kevin McAllister, like, horror movie version, where, um, yeah, she locks the door and puts, like, a string on the door that leads to a sludge hammer. So, like, she runs downstairs, is breaking out the windows, screaming for her dad, and, like, Freddy finally gets the door open. The sludge hammer, like, hits him in the crotch, and he's like, oof, and, like, <laughs> falls backwards, and then keeps running down the stairs after her. And then he hits another tripwire, which turns the light switch on to the lamp, which is filled with gunpowder and like turns into like a miniature bomb, like the kid from Critters style, just creating bombs yeah. in her house. Yeah, for some th- the kids in the eighties knew how to make pipe bombs like crazy. Yeah, um, I do have a question. Like in the lore of this movie, Brett, if yeah. he would have killed her here, would he remain in like real world? Oh, well, I don't think so. I think. He gets trapped in the real world for, like, small periods. Like, he almost gets tricked. 
or whatever. And, but I don't think he could like. He, it's not like he's going to be arrested now, you know, or whatever. I was wondering, like, if like he somehow killed her, does he have free reign to just walk like regular Earth again, or no? I don't think so. Uh, okay, because that could have like raised the stakes a little bit there if they established something like that. That would have been cool for a sequel where it's like now, like he gets Nancy and kills her. Now he's like almost trapped in the real world and he wants back to the dream world maybe yeah, because now he's just a regular power. killer he doesn't have his like crazy stuff and now he's like in pain again because he's all burnt and whatnot oh uh, we should have wrote that sequel yeah, it would be a lot better than a lot of the sequels they made oh yeah but so that that whole thing's going on and they get to the basement and she sets him on fire she dumps gas on him and sets him on fire and this controlled burn that is it Robert England? No, it's a stuntman. It's not Robert England. Um, oh, yeah, I didn't see yeah, that. There's no way it's Robert England. <laughs> but the burn this dude does is insane. Like some Kane Hodder levels. It's wild. Oh, yeah. It's pretty awesome. Like, because I, I think it's all one burn that you see the whole time. So the whole way from over by the furnace to going up the stairs and everything. And you can tell because the makeup on him is definitely like thicker. You can tell he's well protected, but as he should be. Right. But he all, he's also, it, it works out more than some of them have with, like, they do the burn scene and the makeup changes. Like, he's already a burnt person, so he's just being burned more. So it's it kind of just adds to it. It's not like it's weird, you know? Yeah. So that's going on. She goes upstairs. Finally, the dad's like, oh, we need to go over there because her house is on fire. Well, finally, um, the deputy that the dad uh, said, watch my house. And tell me if anything weird happens. Uh, already Nancy's broken out like three windows and has been screaming. And now he sees smoke and goes, maybe I should go tell the sheriff. Yeah, you might want to get on that. Even if you don't have to tell the sheriff, when you see a house on fire, you go, you react, you know? He's like, he just sighs. He's like, uh, I'll do it after I finish this donut and this coffee. Yeah. But um, the dad comes over, the, the cops break in, and this is really cool, I think, like an oh fuck moment, because you see like fiery footprints going upstairs. Yeah, the dad and everyone breaks in to like help save her, and they rush down to the cellar, and then, but Nancy then sees, yeah, all the footprints going upstairs, and you see that Freddy has gone into Nancy's mom's bedroom. And it's a freaky as fuck scene, I think, because you see, like, Freddy on top of Nancy's mom on still on fire, and the dad throws the uh, cover over her and him, and then when they pull it back, it's just like the netherworld, and it's like a singed skeleton just reaching out for them. And it's a, it's like, what the fuck? Like, that's her mom! Like, yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> that's fucking wild, that one. Yeah. Yeah, and then she's just, like, lowered into the abyss. And then, yeah, she's lowered into the abyss of the bed, and then the bed becomes a bed again. Yeah, what the fuck? Like, no <laughs> way, I was also thinking this this time watching around, you immediately get rid of that mattress. Yeah, probably. It's, even, it's though time. even though there's nothing wrong with it, you're like, I saw my wife disappear into a nether portal through this bed. It's getting put out on the sidewalk. Like, I'm sleeping on the couch. <laughs> well, no, I think the parents are divorced. Oh, okay, they're not. I never really 100% understood if they were or not. I always took it as they were divorced, because, like, wh why was she out like, here and everything? I always thought they were, but I'm not positive. I took it as almost, like, what I've always kind of understood it as is, like, 
at first they were all together, but as stuff keeps getting crazier and crazier, it's almost like the dad's more at the job more, like his because he's the cop. I you never see the dad at the house the entire movie except for where they break in and everything, though. Well, he wasn't there in the morning, like at the very beginning. No, ne- he's never at the house. Oh, okay. I mean, I've never paid that much attention to the series, so yeah, you're probably right. Um, but yeah, still, even if you're anyone, get rid of that bed. Oh yeah, you're fu- You're like, oh yeah, this is going. I'm not even putting it out on the street corner for like some like homeless person to find and like sleep on. I'm like, I'm not even doing to that that to you, man. I'm burning yeah. this. <laughs> but apparently, it's fireproof because it was already on fire. So who knows? Yeah. Freddie rising out of the bed behind her after her dad walks out for some reason. Why would you walk out and leave her there? What the fuck, dude? Yeah, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, but he like rises through the sheets. And she sees him and takes a big fucking gamble here, if you ask me. But I think she's realized what we were talking about. He feeds off of fear and everything like that. Right. We get a final girl line, Brett. Oh. Yep, final girl line. I take back every bit of energy I ever gave you. You're nothing. You're shit. Freddy lunges at her and disappears right before stab. So it worked. And he disappears in, like, VHS static. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Next morning, look, I say next morning, but it's got the whole haze going all through it. We know what this is. Oh, yeah. Once once you see the fog machines going and it has that hazy look to it, it's like dream sequence. Yeah. When it's foggy in bright sunshine, you know what's going on. Yeah. Nancy is going out and her mom's on the porch talking to her and her friends all pull up in a convertible. She says bye to her mom, gets in the convertible. The convertible top flips o- flips on real quick, and it's the Freddy, like, sweater pattern. Oh, my God! Yep. The, w- the doors lock, the windows go up, and they're all trapped in the cars. It starts driving away, and Nancy's mom turns into a mannequin yeah. and, and is pulled through the window by Freddy. Honestly, one of my favorite scenes of the entire movie is mannequin mom getting pulled through that window. <laughs> I should clarify if you didn't watch this recently. No, she doesn't turn into a mannequin. Like, not like she's transformed into one. No, but Freddie reaches out and grabs her and then pulls her into the door. But you can see the mannequin so well that it's not her being pulled through the glass. Yeah, they're clearly a jiggly mannequin. <laughs> yes. And credits and that it's just a nightmare song playing for the credits. Yeah. And that is Nightmare on Elm Street. I also, I just saw this. Do you know what movie this is for us? Number? 37. Snooch to the motherfucking nooch! We made this joke last episode. Oh, well, still. <laughs> we didn't just realize this. Well, still, I like to say it. Oh, okay. snoochie boochies, motherfuckers. Snoochie boochies. Come on, Greg. I'm in. I'm in this 37 spirit. Um, but yeah, overall, what do you think of uh, this Nightmare on Elm Street alone? I think it's fantastic. I think it's legit a near masterpiece out of like what we're talking about for our movies. It, I think this movie is great, and it's it makes me more angry at the lesser movies in this franchise the more I watch this because of how good this one is. Yeah, this one is definitely the best of the entire franchise. And that's not just saying because it's number one. Because the no, rest not of at all, go, no. The, the rest of them go so campy. And even though, like, they have the rest of them do have fun parts of it, they're not taken as seriously as this one is. Yeah, hard agree. 
Well, should we get into our end of stuff, or do you have anything else on Nightmare you want to bring up real quick? No, I'm ready for the kill count. Okay, so the kill count on this one, Brett. Last week in our most controversial kill count of all time, we did <laughs> Phantasm. Yes. Which left us at a kill count of 353. Right. What do you think Nightmare on Elm Street left us at? See, that's horrible. This is terrible because, like I said at the beginning, I've been watching this movie. Like, this is one of the first, like, five uh, horror VHSs, like, I bought from Suncoast Video with my allowance in elementary school. But I'm trying to, I don't know, like, like a, you'd think I'd have the kill and kills memorized, but I don't well, know. Well, see, there's not a lot. That's a hint. This one, if you think back on, you'll probably get it. Yeah. I'm guessing there's, like, five. You want to go with five, so you think it brought us to 358? Yeah. Oh, you're so close, Brett. I wanted you to get it. Well, what is it? Four. Oh, it's even less. Jesus. Yeah. Nancy doesn't die. The fucking fake Jason in Friday the 13th Part 5 has like 30 kills. Like, Jesus, Freddy. Come on. Yeah, he gets... Oh, let's go in order here. Tina, number one. Yeah. Rod, number two. Mm-hmm. Len, number three. Marge, Nancy's mom, number four. Jeez, yeah, I mean, this is your, like, this is your, like, best movie, and you only get four? Like, that kind of explains the entire, my feelings for the entire series. <laughs> oh, yeah, but you know what? I will say the four kills in this are pretty damn good, and I'm oh, more yeah. scared than in a lot of other movies watching this. They're all pretty memorable. Like you I'll said, say this, like, I'm a fucking adult. It's not like I'm scared of this now, but if we're talking yeah. about, like, scariness of it. Right. Um, well, okay. Uh, Greg does his kill count every week. I do my rating system, but I don't like to do stars or whatever Siskel and Ebert did because they talk bad about the Fight of the 13th series, and I'm still saying this week after week, and I don't care if one or both of them are dead or whatever. Fuck you. Or even use stars, as we realized last week. We're not even sure if they actually did. No, I think they did the thumbs up, thumbs down, we realized. Because, you know, I've never watched enough of one of their reviews to know what they review the thing. I've just seen the clips of where they're like, oh, Friday the 13th Part 4 is trash. I'm like, that's the fucking one of the masterpieces of the series. Fuck you. <laughs> but... I like to do something from the movie one through 10. And I always wait until this exact moment to decide what that's going to be. So let me think. <laughs> um, let's just say cups of coffee. Cause that really makes sense. Cause Tina's fucking chugging coffee. Like, like no other, like not even my wife can drink this much coffee and she loves coffee. You know? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I'm down for cups of coffee. I'm a big coffee guy. Alright, so one cup of coffee, this is like shit, like instant coffee. You get it, got it like the Dollar Tree. like, And it was like stuck under like the shelves and whatnot. Like you found it and we're like, maybe this is okay, but it's from like the 70s and it's super stale. Uh, okay, so some coffee somehow left over from the 70s that you bought at the Dollar Tree. Yeah, that's the shittiest, like lowest it could get. And only one cup of it, yeah. Yeah, just one cup. And you like piss through it, so it's not even through water. It's like piss water. Uh, ten is like when I went to um, the Colony Cafe on my honeymoon, and I got this amazing um, espresso in the tiny little cup. And I drank my espresso, and then I immediately went right next door to Ides, which is like a great video store. 
Oh, Ides rules. I love Ides. And I look through movies for hours because I was so like jacked up on coffee. That's 10. Free shout out to Ides. If anyone listening is ever in the Pittsburgh area, make sure you do check out Ides. Oh, yeah. There's so many of the movies we talk about on this show. I've bought at Ides. Very reasonably priced. Like, I love that place. I would give this, I would give Nightmare on Elm Street seven cups of coffee out of 10. I enjoy it quite a bit. This is, this kind of horror movie isn't quite my cup of tea or a cup of coffee. coffee. But. I still really enjoy this first one just because of how much creative shit they have in it. The dream stuff is always kind of taking me out of these movies, but this one does it the best out of any of them, I would say. Fair. I can't argue you. I did go higher than you, and I feel better now because I almost felt guilty for not giving it a perfect 10. I'm like, you know, it's so fucking iconic. I feel like, because the only movies I think I've given a 10 to or Halloween and Evil Dead 2, and I would have done Cabin in the Woods if we were doing ratings back then. So that would have been three for me. But I'm like, man, I don't think it gets the 10 for me. It's right under it for me. There's just a few little off things. I don't quite care for the ending. Like, the very end. The, The endings of every Nightmare on Elm Street movie are so weird and convoluted, and there's, it's really not an ending. It doesn't leave you satisfied. It runs into the same problem as last week's movie did for me for the ending. That's, that's I guess, what it does. But that aside, other than that, it's so damn good. I gave it right under a perfect. Like, I missed the mark a little bit, so I went nine and a half cups of coffee. Okay. I mean, that's very fair. Yeah, I can't argue with seven either. Though. Like that's right. I'm like, okay, it's not so far off, like, whatever you gave Veronica or I'm going to yell at you. Oh, yeah, I think I gave Veronica a six. Yes, I was so mad. So. <laughs> and you were mad at me last week, so we're even now. And yeah, it's just above Veronica. If, a Veronica was a lo- if that last segment of Veronica was better, it would be better than Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> yeah, I go right right under perfect score for me. And that's no offense to it. There's a, mainly that ending, I think. I liked Wes Craven's original idea they wanted a happy ending, and that doesn't mean it closes it to a sequel. You can still have that, like the more definitive ending, where right. producers wanted the more like end of Friday the 13th or end of Phantasm, the list goes on type ending. Like I would have preferred the more here's what happened at the end on this one. And that's right. just what knocked it slightly down from a 10 for me. Yeah. Should we reveal what we're doing next week? Yeah. What are we doing next week, Greg? I'm really excited because I just watched this movie because I'm usually a weekend just in case I ever get busy and I love it. And spoilers, I should say, I don't know about this movie. You'll have to listen for my opinions. But uh, Q the Winged Serpent or aka just yes. Q, but if you search Q, you won't find it because it's one letter. So Q the Winged Serpent. Starring the great character actor Michael Moriarty. I believe it was written and directed by Larry Cohen. We'll give you the specifics next uh, next week. But this is a movie I discovered uh, during Joe Bob, one of Joe Bob Briggs' a double feature Friday nights. And I love it so much. Michael Mori- Moriarty is such a great anti-hero. Yeah, you guys will like this movie. Um, Very, like, monster movie style. Like, I mean, big monster. Maybe kaiju you could count it? I don't know, but that style. Yeah. In that vein, in the kaiju vein. Yeah, it is available. I don't think it's on Shudder anymore. I think that, Joe, you know, sometimes they lose certain Joe Bob episodes when they right. don't have the rights for the movie anymore. Right. I think that one's gone. I watched it on Pluto, though. 
I think it's gone, but they do have a feature on Shutter now where it's just the Joe Bob segments. So you can s- still listen to Joe Bob talk about it on Shutter with just the segments that he did between the movie. Oh, okay, cool. Also, yeah, if you guys are looking to stream it, I think you can find it on Pluto TV. It's on there. Also, if you guys do not own the collector's edition widescreen presentation of Cue the Winged Serpent on uh, VHS, and uh, you're fucked, because that's what I'm holding right now. Oh, nice. And you, But you know what's fucked up is uh, every week I give uh, Siskel and Ebert complete shit, you know what review they put on front of Q the Winged Serpent? Siskel and Ebert? They put Gene Siskel three and a half stars. Oh, good. So there answers our question. They do use the stars. Good. Which, fuck you, Siskel. Three and a half stars out of what, five? This is such fun. Like, three and a half. <laughs> hey, hey, we'll get that next week. Fucking Siskel. <laughs> but yeah, next week's Key the Wing Serpent. I'm really stoked on that one. That'll be a fun one to talk about. Yeah. And breaks up our look, don't get me wrong, I love doing these popular ones too. But you all know Nightmare on Elm Street. You all knew Shaun of the Dead. So like I like when we get to some more like this at society and things like that. So I'm yeah, excited for it. We're getting into my realm. Like this is the movies that I adore. Is this yeah. kind of movie. <laughs> don't get me, I love all this shit. But I yeah. Sometimes I like when we can do more like that sometimes, too. Right. And that's all I got, man. Yeah, that's all I got, too. Um, Follow us on Instagram at Throbbing with Horror and on TikTok with Throbbing with Horror. Uh, Twitter is at Throbbing Horror. That's it. Make sure if yeah, you guys are it. listening on Apple Podcasts, you leave us a review. I think that's the only one that does reviews. Any, I mean, a rating. I think that's the only one that still does ratings. But, yeah, if you do, it helps us outreach new people. Five stars, please. We appreciate it. And that's all for me. Yeah. Uh, You guys have a great one. We'll see you next week with Q the Winged Serpent. And we hope we've left your brains throbbing with horror.